there, fitness enthusiasts and goal getters. Welcome to the 8020 Podcast, where we believe in breaking down the science of health and fitness while keeping it 20% lighthearted and fun. I'm your host, Coach Haley, the founder of Unstressed Athletics, a personal trainer, paramedic, and firefighter. In this podcast, we're going to explore the 80%, the hard facts, the science-backed strategies, and the proven methods that lead to success in health, fitness, and achieving your goals. But hey, we're not all about serious business here. We've reserved a solid 20% for the lighter side of things. Fun anecdotes, quirky stories, and maybe a few fitness jokes thrown in for good measure. Each week, I'm bringing in the experts, those who've mastered the art of healthy living, crushed their fitness goals, and have the knowledge to prove it. We're talking nutrition gurus, fitness pros, and goal-setting champions. Whether you're a seasoned gym goer or just getting started on your fitness journey, the 8020 Podcast has something for everyone. So join me every week as we unpack the 80%, have a laugh with the 20%, and collectively work towards a healthier, happier version of ourselves. Get ready to discover the perfect balance between science and smiles. This is the 8020 Podcast. Let's dive in. All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the 8020 Podcast. I am so excited to have Dr. Robert Stevens here with me. Um, Robert, can you just tell a little bit about yourself for the listeners? Um, I've been a medical doctor since 1997. Uh, initially started out in surgery, got disillusioned, GP land, got disillusioned with that, um, and ended up sort of, um, sort of stumbling on testosterone deficiency. Um, and we've been doing uh, testosterone replacement therapy um, for about eight years now. It's kind of a little bit of a taboo topic, I would say, for a lot of doctors, maybe that don't understand it completely. Um, and especially for me coming from a fitness background. Um, have you found that at all in your practice? Yeah, just a little bit. Um, I mean, there's a fundamental lack of understanding and awareness of the importance and role of testosterone within the body. So as doctors, we, we cure disease. Um, the, the word prevention is, is battered around, but it's not truly appreciated what's necessary for prevention. So you'll be told to go eat a healthy diet, eat the sleep right, reduce stress, but, but given no actual sort of understanding of what you need to do to affect positive change. And I always think about hormones as the foundation. So they're the foundation to allow you to build upon all of these other things. But without the foundation, you can try and eat a healthy diet. You can try and get good sleep and you can try and exercise, but you won't essentially see the effort for your reward. So then you get disillusioned and then you turn to the path of least resistance and uh, quick fixes versus understanding the need for sustainability and long you know, effort to achieve a reward. Do you want to just give a quick rundown of testosterone in the body, what you're measuring for in a blood test? Yeah. So, I mean, testosterone is just sort of obviously your primary anabolic hormone. Um, testosterone obviously converts also into estradiol and DHT. There are other anabolic hormones, but for, for this sort of talk, obviously, uh, we'll just focus on testosterone. Um, so anabolism, growth and repair. So obviously in the fitness industry, that's more related to performance enhancement, but testosterone's role within the body is just to maintain normal physiology. So if you think about um, the, the necessity for growth and repair, or well, what are you repairing from? Well, essentially you're repairing from activity and normal physiological function, which is essentially catabolism, which is um, 
predominantly happening in the daytime, which is why sleep's so super important for testosterone production, because that's when you're recovering from the day to prepare for the next day. And our testosterone follows that diurnal pattern, day, night, day, night, day, night. Men, we're very simple creatures. You know, <laughs> testosterone, that's <laughs> true, disappointingly it's true. So but in, a, in a good way. So testosterone has a, a quite a close relationship with dopamine. So we're very much reward driven. Um, that's not to say that females don't need testosterone. And interestingly, women have more testosterone than have estradiol. And again, it, it serves the same functions in females. You know, we have the same hormones, uh, but our genes express those hormones in a different way. And obviously we have different numbers and different ratios. So then for males, when you're testing it, what are you looking for in terms of numbers? Who should get tested? Everybody knows about total testosterone. Most people should know about free testosterone and the role of sex hormone binding globulin. Um, if it, in layman's terms, obviously total testosterone is the total testosterone. Um, we should consider free testosterone as the bioavailable stroke usable amount of testosterone. That's not strictly true because actually this protein produced by the liver actually has a function not only to act as a buffer between the, the three hormones, testosterone, DHT and estradiol, but it also helps to serve transporting the testosterone into the cell for its primary role, growth and repair. So you will hear the bros wanting to raise free testosterone and wanting to lower SHB, SHBG. You, you, don't, you don't want to do that because in a stress state, what happens is the SHBG raises. And then why does it do that? Well, essentially, what's it gonna, what's your body wanting to concentrate on? Well, growth and repair, which, so hence the reason why the testosterone binds to the SHBG and then helps its primary function, growth and repair. That's very basic. Then you look to sort of the hormones that send signals down to the testicles, and that sort of gives you a, a clue about causation. So you've got luteinizing hormone, follicle stimulating hormone, and there's an association obviously with prolactin. And then you look a little bit further to other endocrine systems. So if you think about hormones, they're all related. So whether that relationship be dependent or independent, there is a relationship between all hormones. So one affects the other. Um, and there's quite a close relationship between testosterone and thyroids. So again, you want to be looking to see if they've got an underactive thyroid uh, or an overactive thyroid, which might actually raise SHBG. And then you want to look a little further to sort of HbA1c, uh, which again is sugar control, full blood count, liver, lipids. Um, so there is there's the basic package and there's and there's a complete package. Um, and I, I think there's obviously a, a lot of misunderstanding of what's necessary. And I, and I think everybody's trying to rush to the diagnosis of testosterone deficiency to jump on testosterone. You, mm -hmm. you don't want to do that. You, you want testosterone deficiency to be a diagnosis of exclusion. So you want to do everything that you can do to not need testosterone replacement therapy. Well, well, I'm in my forties and my fifties, you know, I, I want to be optimized. Okay. Well, look at what might cause low testosterone from a functional perspective. And you kind of go, well, that's bad sleep, stress, and poor nutrition, uh, engaging in bad behaviors, lack of exercise. To feel good on TRT, because all, all, all testosterone replacement therapy is, it's a bit wrong, so you won't get that. It's an advert in the UK. And it does exactly what it says on the tin. So it's testosterone replacement therapy. So all it does is normalize your levels and to allow you to put work in to feel good. And there's that fundamental misunderstanding that testosterone is a feel-good hormone. It, it gives you the motivation to feel good. It doesn't make you feel good. Um, 
so yeah, we should always be looking to testosterone replacement therapy as a, as a diagnosis of exclusion. Can it make a 40, 50 year old who's got suboptimal levels feel good? Yes, as long as they are willing to put the work into those areas that we've just identified. I think I'm a big proponent of people educating themselves about their own health and what they're taking and what medications they have, etc. Um, is it beneficial for people to get these baseline tests or would you say it's better from a like, physician's perspective to just wait until you're symptomatic? Oh, physicians agree, don't they? they, they, they they've waited for the horse to bolt. We, we, we don't want to do that. We, we want to have a more of a preventative model. So yeah, 100%, um, I would advocate screening. Um, probably on a, on a yearly basis, just to get a baseline. Um, those results need to be looked at by something that knows what they're doing. Again, you've got issues with reference ranges and you're kind of like, I'm within the normal range, but the normal range is low because we live in a sick society. Um, so, you know, it, it is a good idea to get your levels screened when you're young and fit so that, you know, you have that kind of quantitative kind of comparison for when you sort of think, well, actually, yeah, I'm, I'm not feeling how I should feel with all the work that I'm putting in. Totally. Um, and then with testosterone, what are some of the risks of people who are taking it when they don't need to? And what are the consequences of that? Maybe short term and long term. Yeah, I think taking testosterone when you don't need it is just idiotic because, you know, to, to feel anything different from normal means that you will have to go to a super physiological level, which means a level that your physiology, which is how your body functions, can't sustain. So again, it's not rocket, rocket science. Low is bad, high is bad. So again, it's, the, it's sort of that, that distribution curve, isn't it? So you, you want to be normal. Um, so from somebody taking it that doesn't need it, I mean, it's, it, I mean, it's idiotic. So, you know, you, you run potential risks of, of a, a rise in hematocrit, which is essentially your red blood cell concentration. And if you think about, you know, your, your testosterone being an anabolic hormone, it's telling you your uh, bone marrow to produce EPO to produce, tell the, sorry, the kidney to produce EPO to tell the bone marrow to produce red blood cells. So more cells, thicker blood, heart struggles, so cardiovascular complications, blood pressure, um, lipid dysregulation, um, being a bit of an idiot because again, testosterone, we, we are as men, um, apply this, say, testosterone positively impacts a part of the brain called the amygdala. And that's our the, the decision-making part of the brain. So it makes us less risk adverse with too much testosterone. You're overconfident and you're over risky and that that's not good. And you're not actually considered. So you all know the guys down the gym who are banging in gear and, you know, they're, they're, they're okay for 10 minutes, but they're not, they're not okay to spend a lot of time with because you know, they, they lack objectivity. So from a psychological perspective, you can get this perception that you are God, but you're not God and you will always crash because you have to crash because the reality is, is you can't be above what is normal. And if you think about normal physiology, it has to be sustainable. And these guys that get addicted it's not obviously a physical addiction but the psychological addiction to sort of steroids and high dose testosterone they have to crash because they have to crash um and then their perception of normality is distorted so they're never happy and again we've got that wonderful relationship between testosterone and dopamine estrogen and serotonin 
and the body survives in the concept of balance. Why would you want to screw that up? Well, I want to get a buff on buff. Are you really, well, it's, it's, it, again, it's short-term gain, long-term loss. And I, and I think with hindsight, people would look back and say, perhaps I shouldn't have done that. But I mean, again, don't, you can't live a life of regrets. You just have to work with what you've got now and make the best out of what you've got now. So, you know, it, it's, it's silly, but as blokes, we are silly. <laughs> I do think it is awesome what you're doing because I think the education side of things, um, I think a lot of people don't really understand or know anything about testosterone. And so when they have kind of a mentor at the gym, you know, that says, oh, I've done this for years, they're more likely to trust that person because maybe they haven't been able to receive the information that they want from their, their doctor, right? So, um, yeah, they, they- I mean, there's, there's, pro, there's pros and cons to the sort of the amount of information that's out there because a lot of, a lot of it's nonsense. Um, but if but if you do your research um, and and you understand that something sounds too good to be true, it's too good to be true, then hopefully you'll come across somebody that presents you with a logical argument of why you should be doing this and not not be doing that. And again, you've got all these guys with their tops off with you know godlike physiques going they're set they're selling something aren't they and they're selling themselves or selling a product so it's it's not real life and, and i think we've, we've just become so deeply ingrained in the kind of like i i need to be like you kind of um i'm comparing myself to you not being comfortable in yourself and i think that's quite quite tragic really yes i always um ask my clients you know do you really want to do these kind of things for an instagram picture because <laughs> i think that's times when you phrase it like that it's kind of ridiculous um are you able to touch a little bit on the negative feedback loop where what can happen if you're taking it too much in terms of your natural supply of testosterone yeah i mean to be fair if you take any testosterone it's going to have a negative feedback on the hypothalamus and pituitary so even when you've got a suboptimal um trt regime so in the uk we've got kind of things like testo gel i don't know you've got that in in canada um but you probably have an an equivalent gel that you apply um which just doesn't work but it will suppress the hypothalamus and pituitary so you know the, the normal negative feedback is the fact that you know the testosterone gets converted to dht and estradiol and the primary hormone that tells the brain to not produce any more testosterone is estradiol, then testosterone, then, do, then DHT in that order. Um, but if you're supplementing, you know, again, that hormone is going to tell the hypothalamus and pituitary that you've got enough testosterone. Actually, you don't need to be sending LH and FSH down to the testicles. So again, you know, you, you are shutting down your normal brain function. And there's no guarantee that when you come off of, you know, either sort of high dose sports TRT or anabolic steroids is you're going to recover and obviously you know quite a large cohort of my patients are ex-steroid users and you know they've they've done them the pct and it makes sense from a scientific perspective but science doesn't always translate very well into nature and if you think about these guys who have gained you know 10 kilos of muscle you know they then become natty and then their body's supposed to be able to maintain that size. You got, I mean, you've got no chance. And so you're, you're, you're sending lots of LH and FSH down to the testicles, but it can't maintain the size. And, and essentially, you know, you, you will be creating this hypogonadal state that will mean that you will need testosterone for the rest of your life. You can't defy your genetics. I mean, you know, 
with, with testosterone replacement therapy, you can optimize, you know, your physiology and you can perhaps surpass a little bit because you don't have that kind of that counterbalance of um, excess catabolism and activity causing you to drop testosterone. You're always slightly anabolic, but, you know, enter into it eyes wide open because it's involved. It's not quite as flippant as just jumping on a bit of testosterone. Yeah, there's a lot more to it, I think, than people originally think. Um, right now, like one of the biggest trends is these workout programs that are said to reset your hormones. Um, I know that sleep is really important and I know that there's a lot of factors that can go into it, but it does seem a little bit ridiculous to me just as a I'm a healthcare worker like yourself. Um, as a paramedic and a personal trainer, can you kind of touch on that and maybe why those things aren't aren't uh, empirically based? I guess would be the ways to phrase it. <laughs> I mean, my, you, you listen. I, I mean, it, it, again, it, it's kind of absurd, isn't it, to, to sell somebody on the concept that we can reboot your HPG axis by promoting just you know a few sessions of hit and trying to get good sleep and you know crossing all the T's and dotting all the I's physiology is way more complicated than that and you know lots of these guys tout these research papers that are, that aren't robust you know they're a very small population of people that doesn't translate to the general population and there are so many co-founding variables that are involved in outcomes when it comes to physiology that to make these bizarre statements is nothing more than a cell um and it's a it's a false cell because you, you know it's again it's it's these guys trying to sell the path of least resistance maximum reward and it's a short-term game because i'm going to charge you for that and it's not it's going to be your fault you didn't you didn't recover you know but bye-bye see you later yeah, i mean it's it's, it's, it's it obviously. yeah and it, it drives me crazy as well seeing all these studies that aren't very robust on instagram you know you read one line and you can tout the whole study, but it, it doesn't make any sense. Um, just lastly, do you want to just touch on your clinic specifically and, and what it does? Because I think it's it's very cool. I know you kind of did a little bit, but um, just reading your bio, you're obviously very passionate about it. Yeah, I'm, not very, I'm not very good at self-promotion. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, essentially, yeah, we, for the last eight years, we've been dealing um, with men with testosterone deficiency um, and prescribing them testosterone replacement therapy if, if indicated. Um, so we subscribe to microdosing. So it's a daily injection of testip and HCG. So we like to think of this as hormone replacement therapy, not testosterone replacement therapy, because that's quite short-sighted. Because the reality is, is testosterone monotherapy, as you know, will shut down the HPG axis. And we like the idea of maintaining testicular size and function for fertility, but also the fact that HCG has a neuroendocrine effect because there are electroceptors in the brain. Um, it's very humbling. You know, we, we've now got sort of an internationally recognized clinic with patients from over 50 different countries, um, including the USA, still nobody from Canada yet, um, who, who still come to visit the clinic once a year just to be under our care and supervision. It's all about delivering realistic expectations um, and supporting the guys and their understanding that the, the testosterone being the foundation hormone, you can see TRT as being the catalyst for you to affect a positive change to all of those things, lifestyle, nutrition, exercise. And if you're willing to put the work in, you'll see the results. So, you know, we're massive advocates of obviously good sleep, hygiene, stress reduction, um, exercise and healthy nutrition. But, you know, it goes a little bit further than that with regards ice baths and saunas and breath work and all the cool things that you need to do to 
cope with the chaos of the modern civilized world. Because I think it's very easy to sell you on a concept that this is going to make you better when it will give you a foundation for you to make yourself better. And I think patients need that autonomy. Uh, they just need a little bit of support and guidance in the right direction. And I think that's what we offer. And I think that's why we are uh, so yeah, so well regarded because I've got nothing to tell you apart from the truth. Um, it sounds like there is a little bit of a psychological factor with that as well, which is kind of cool in terms of the coaching and the support and the education. So I do, I do really like that. Um, sorry, I just missed one question out of my thing here. So I know I said that was the last question, but this is the last question. Um, I know we talked a little bit about what you're looking for in the lab work. Are you able to just provide the numbers in regards to that in terms of, I know that there's ranges and it's varied per person. Um, and then the other thing was getting tested first thing in the morning. Yeah, so I mean, I don't know what your numbers are. So we work with nanomolpolita for testosterone. Um, so and uh, so I would say a healthy testosterone would probably be between about 20 and 35. Uh, from a free testosterone, again, nanomolpolita. So I would say a healthy free testosterone is about 0.5 to 0.85 is where I try to get my guys. Um, it's more complicated than that. The reality is, is, is I'll give you an example. So if, so if I said to some, my friend, total testosterone at 12, so pretty rubbish, but he's flying. You know, he's benching 160, he's six foot four, brick shed house. You know, he's happy, sex life, everything's perfect. So it's like, surely you should be on TRT. And it's like, well, because your levels are, are a bit low, but he's flying, so he doesn't need to be on TRT. But we see, we're just going to observe him. But then somebody with a testosterone of 12 could be suicidal. So again, it's it's using the quantitative markers to support the quality of symptoms and vice versa. And having the ability to be objective in making a proper assessment as into whether somebody would benefit from testosterone replacement therapy. So it's not quite as flippant as saying, this is where you need, this is where you should be treated. This is, this is where you're going to get symptoms of this. Um, it is quite a considered field, which is um, makes it challenging, uh, but also very interesting. Yes, and that's kind of where you come in, right? <laughs> um, well, yeah, exactly. There, there, are lot, there are lots of clinics out there who are, who are very keen to put you on testosterone replacement therapy because it's, it's financially in their best interest. Um, but do you need it? You know, and you can make an answer, an argument for perhaps, yeah. But in those people with the borderline levels, is their blood pressure okay? Is their lipid profile okay? Cognitively, are they, are they completely symptom-free? Well, why are you going to subject somebody to a lifelong therapy if they are perhaps that 2.5% of the distribution curve outside of the normal range? And again, if we think about the normal range, you're not looking at the current reference range because the current ref reference range is reflective of a sick society. So you're trying to look at a healthy reference range. And again, that's slightly subjective as into what it, what it is. And we go by the British Society for Sexual Medicine Guidelines, and that's between 12 and 30. But, you know, 12 to 20, it's like it's a very grey kind of you could feel good or you could feel bad. Yeah, um, the analogy that I would use is just like herniated discs, right? Uh, there's a great percentage of people that are walking around with herniated discs that have no symptoms. They don't need surgery. I've, I've done my discs. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm a prime example. <laughs> I'm all right. I'm still, I'm still doing. We did three marathons back to back the other weekend, 
And oh. um, yeah, that was, that was a little bit traumatic. Like, a little bit of an overkill. <laughs> Three full marathons? Oh, wicked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. awesome. It was stupid. Oh, well, <laughs> well, I think that's actually all I have for you today. I really appreciate you sticking through all the technological problems that I had this morning. No, no problem. And for all of your information, um, I will put your clinic link in our show notes so that maybe you can get some Canadian uh, customers coming through. You can be really international. Just um, essentially, yeah, just please look after your stress, your sleep, your nutrition, and exercise. And, you know, there is help there if you need it. Just uh, go to somebody that looks like they know what they're talking about and has your best interests at heart. And that wraps up another episode of the 80-20 podcast. A huge thank you to our incredible guests who bring the expertise and insights to the table every time. They're the real MVPs of the 80-20 podcast. If you loved what you heard today, hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. And hey, if you have any burning questions or topics you'd like us to cover, please reach out. Remember, health and fitness are journeys, not destinations. So whether you're hitting the gym, going for a run, or just taking a moment to stretch, keep that 80-20 balance in mind. As we sign off, stay fit, stay focused, and keep that smile on your face. This is Coach Haley signing out from the 80-20 Podcast. Until next time.